It takes a really strong person to thrive through habits that are really difficult to replace. I know myself in the past, my some of the problems I would have is being in contact with people that are not very helpful to me. But over time, I've learned to get through that. Yes. And now, I am stronger. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fantastic. Just making sure you can hear me and everything is good. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly, my beautiful darling. Be here all day to say, can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me? How about now? Can you hear me now? Now? I can. <laughs> <laughs> can you? Now? <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck are you? I'm fucking all right. Fucking fantastic. Right, so best start this. Whatever this fucking is. Whatever this fucking <laughs> is that I logged in. What is it? This fucking <laughs> that I've all fucking teared for. <laughs> fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> So, hello everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this Rad as Fuck podcast. I am Sarah Moradith, the director of Starlight Speaking Limited, and the purpose of this podcast is to inspire and motivate people to live their dreams. Today we have Tammy. Tammy is an actress, model, writer, coach, breathe, <laughs> terror reader, and a promoter of sobriety. No, how do you pronounce it? Sorry. Being sober. Like sobriety, yes. Sobriety, okay. Tammy has fought to stay sober for many years and through some very tough times. Despite everything she's been through, she's coming up on top. So thank you very much for coming today, Tammy. Thank you so much for having me. Quite a wonderful introduction there, if I do fucking say so myself. I'm glad you fucking like it. <laughs> fucking A. <laughs> Now that all the fucks are out of the way, how are you? Well, I'm fucked at the moment, but... Oh, jeez. But you always are, though, so I'm used to that. <laughs> I'm doing all right. What's the weather like there? It's raining today. Um, It's it's cloudy, but sunny and really hot. <laughs> oh. So it's good. So I'll start on the questions now. Yep, let's go. Let's go, baby. So where are you, where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm, I was born in Newfoundland, uh, in Canada mm -hmm. here. But right now, I live in Ontario, Canada. Have you ever um, lived anywhere else? Uh, no, Ontario and Newfoundland are the two places I've lived. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And you're in, a, you're in England, correct? Yes, I'm in the UK. Right. What well, England specifically, but I've lived in Wales before. Okay. Which is cool. another area. Um, so what made you decide to become a coach? Um, I love helping people. And with my sobriety journey, I've had a lot of people help and inspire me. And it's amazing. And I just want to, I want to give back. I want to help people reach their goals. Um, I do help, I do coaching um, on sobriety, yes, but I also mm -hmm. coach on confidence, building confidence and relationships as well. Um, I find it very rewarding. And like I said, I do want to give back. I donate money to AA Society um, as a way of helping the community that's helped me. Um, and yeah, like it, I, I just want to help people reach their potential uh, and be the best them that they can be. Just like 
I'm doing every day. I'm learning from other coaches um, and I still go to AA. So I find it rewarding for me to get the help I need. So that's why I've decided to become a coach. Oh, that's so amazing. So when did you first become coached by somebody? Um, oh gosh, probably about three years ago when uh, I first went to rehab. The first time in rehab and de detox was going on. I think it, it yeah, it'll be three years this October that I tried for the first time to get sober and get help. And um, when I was going through withdrawals, I had seizures at that time. So it was very, how do I say? It was very eye-opening what you can go through when you're trying to detox and get sober. And I've had so many relapses since then. Um, I last September 3rd was when I finally had my big, oh fuck moment where mm -hmm. I almost died. And I've been mostly sober since then. I can't say I've been sober the whole almost year as I've had relapses, the last one being uh, Sunday will be a month ago since I've had my last drink again. Uh, but this one was really hard. Um, coming out of detox and withdrawals, I had hallucinations. Uh, I was cold sweating, hot sweating, um, shaking, shivering, dry heaving, everything all at once and that lasted for about three hours because I decided to do it on my own at home alone big mm -hmm. mistake guys don't ever ever fucking do that like get get medical help because I honestly thought I was gonna die I actually laid flat on my back with my arms by my side at one point and said fucking take me like if this is how mm -hmm. I'm at least I'm gonna be laid out flat and this is how they're gonna find me but through some higher source I got through it. And then two nights later, I had a mini stroke landing me in the hospital. Um, and I thought I was dying. Like, I'm sure I saw the Grim Reaper and I smelled my dad. Like my dad was there. And I think he was saying, uh, there's no fucking way you're joining me just yet. Fuck that. Yes, no, <laughs> we don't need you here. We don't need that, that level of trouble here. You're fucking staying. You have a perfect. Um, oh. Well, that's how my dad would speak to me. No, there's yeah. no fucking way I'm allowing this. No. I know you're rebellious and all, but this is one time you're listening to me. So I don't know. Something changed in me that night. And I've been more calm. I've been more spiritual. And so, yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. And they do say you have to, sometimes you have to hit, I'm not suggesting anyone hits rock bottom, but very often they say to hit, you need to hit rock bottom to... I'm not suggesting it either, but no, but... it got me to where I need to be. Yes. And I think up until that that moment, I think I was like, ah, I can fucking drink again, whatever. Like a few drinks or a little binge or relapse is not going to kill me. But you know what? It will. <laughs> I can't yes. do it anymore. I've got, now I've got liver issues because of it and possible cirrhosis. So I, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But at the same mm -hmm. time, if you're an alcoholic, I think you need to get to that point in order yeah. to wake the fuck up and move on. So what was it that made you relapse at that time? Um... This time I had some personal, personal issues. Um, I had started seeing a guy. I didn't even really like him, but I had started seeing him and I was comfortable, I think. And then it just ended, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It's that's yeah. fine with me. Like, like I said, I wasn't in love with the guy and I didn't really even like him that much. But then I thought, okay, what's wrong with me? Like something yes. must be wrong with me. And, I, and he was supposed to drive me home that night. I had been on set all day that day and he was supposed to drive me home and then he didn't. So I was left to transit and I thought, you know what? This is an adventure. This is fun. I like transit because 
I get to see scenery. I get to see different people and observe them. And I love doing that. So I thought, you know what, this is fun, whatever it ended, it's over good riddance. But then on the bus ride, I was thinking all these negative thoughts as well. And sometimes I get in my own head as many people do. Yeah. Started thinking negatively about myself. And the last stop on the bus ride, I had to take Uber from there, which was probably about a 20 minute ride, which is not a big deal. But I thought I, I wanted food and there was a Wild Wings right there. So I went in and they served wine. And I thought, you know what, while I'm waiting, I'm going to have one glass and clear my head. Well, that one glass lasted eight days. I didn't eat. I just drank the whole, my whole waking time. I drank wine and then would pass out and was miserable and was depressed and kept thinking negatively. And then I thought, you know what? No, I got to fucking stop this. Like, this is, this is stupid. Why am I doing this to myself? Nope, that's it. So I, I stopped cold turkey and within eight hours after the last drink was when I started the, the um, withdrawals mm-hmm. and that's when I started hallucinating and everything. So, yeah, so that's what happened. Um, just a few little stupid things. And I got in my own mind negatively and boom, relapse. But uh, Sunday will be exactly one month and I'll collect my first one month chip at uh, AA. Wow. Uh, because before I didn't go to AA because I thought it was all hoo-ha, you know, rah, 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 yeah. find God and you'll be okay. And I'm not really a religious person at all, but I am spiritual. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing meditation down by the lake, out in nature, you know, like I make time for it every day. It's a form of self-care. So every time I go to AA... I walk down the little hill, which is not even a five minute walk. And there's the beautiful lake. And I sit there and I sit by the boats and I, I meditate. And that's how I'm staying sober meditation, self care, listening to my body when it wants to rest. I take a nap in the day. I write, you know, I'm back fully on my meds again. Um, those of you who don't know me, I also suffer from depression, anxiety, and bipolar 2 disorder. And if I'm off my meds, I drink and it gets worse. So when I had that relapse, I don't take my meds like I'm supposed to. I forget because I'm so busy drinking. So um, I'm back on my meds fully. That's that's a good thing. And um, I'm eating better and taking better care of myself this time. So... Yeah, with AA, the, the only thing, because I did look into it in the past, not not for me personally, but sometimes I get curious over different things. We were saying about the 12 steps. Yes. So is that what you're on at the moment, the 12-step program? I actually am for the first time in my life. Um, I know that. And Okay, so let me give you a little history. I've been an alcoholic for about 23 years. And I've, like I said, I've always thought that AA was hoorah hey come find god you'll be okay do the 12 sets and and i up until this last two months i never went to aa and i i have gone to rehab twice i did a 30-day stint in rehab october will be two years for that and at that time i stayed sober for almost four months and um Again, personal issues and whatnot. And I started drinking heavier than before. And last mm-hmm. year, um, I had a breakup that was really hard on me. And I had to move. I had to move to a different city, never mind just a different place on my own. And I was, I had hit rock bottom. I ended up in the hospital September 3rd last year. Mm-hmm on little Kimber's birthday and she's my little rock star. Let me tell you, we'll, we'll talk about her after. Um, and I stayed sober until Christmas. 
uh, from September 3rd till Christmas, I, I stayed sober again, had a relapse at Christmas because I was alone. I was Christmas. Is Sorry about this. Nia's calling me a moment. So I won't be a moment. I don't know what. Put in. Well, thank you very much, Mia. I'm, I am in the middle. Yes. What is she literally doing today? What are you literally doing today? Something. You want a drink? Jeez, don't do that. You're too young. <laughs> no, she wants a, a drink of water. I won't be a moment, Tammy. Sorry about this. Will you literally go and get her some water? As you know, I don't like silence, guys. Can you tell? I'm just going to fucking sit here and hum or sing or whatever till she gets back. I got the lovely bunch of coconuts a do 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 ever there standing in a row bum 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 big ones small ones some as big as your head Ugh. I would never have to do this for Mufasa what what did you say okay pasa anyone know what that's from oh yeah Lion King baby hmm. Also, I like hearing my own voice in case you guys didn't know that either. So, yeah. I'm literally feeling the dead air there. I'm sorry. That's okay. I sang. I did a little skit from uh, The Lion King. We're good. We're good. I love The Lion King. Yeah, so you'll love what I just did while you're away. You can listen to it later. I can't wait. Should we oh, stop no. now so we can listen to it? No, I'm joking. Right? <laughs> <I'll put laughs> there we go. So where was I? Christmas last year. Yes. I had a relapse um, that lasted two New Year's. Uh, New Year's, New Year's. Oh, I think until New Year's, not two. No, uh, the the day before New Year's Eve, I stopped drinking again. So I was, I went. It was, it was good. I was fine. Um, so it was only a couple of days that I drank there, but um, and then New Year's was fine, and then I had another one, another relapse before my birthday, and my birthday is February fourteenth. For those of you who don't know me, um. And it was my first Valentine's Day slash birthday single ever in my life. And I was lonely and sad. So um, that was fine. Then I cracked my ribs in March. So while sober, the end of March, I cracked um. my ribs while sober. So then, of course, I drank to get rid of the pain because I didn't want to go to the hospital because what are they going to do? nothing go home and they'll give you drugs and then I'd be taking drugs while drinking for the mm -hmm. pain so I didn't need that so I was smart enough to know the difference there um and then I just sat on my couch and I stopped drinking again until Mother's Day Mother's Day I had a a few that day for two days and but I was fine I withdrawal and stuff was fine but the last one was the hardest. So so that's a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I pull myself out of it every time. This time was a little harder. But you know yeah. what? I feel so different since the, the mini stroke. I feel like a different person. I'm more spiritual. I'm going to AA every, twice a week. Um, I'm loving it and it's so uplifting and the thing is they don't talk about God and religion there they do talk about spirituality which is fantastic yeah I love it and um, they talk about finding your source your higher power your your inner power your inner source your higher source they don't call it God or Jesus and I like that about the meetings I really do um and since the last relapse, I haven't even thought about having a drink. Not even. 
um, if I do see it or see it on TV or whatever, my stomach actually turns. So something different happened this time. I know you mean, whereas before you'd see it on TV and think, oh, I fancy a drink. Yes, and sometimes I would, and I'd be okay yeah. to have a couple, but as an alcoholic, we can't have just one. Like, no. that's in our vocabulary. Yeah, it ends up escalating to a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so Tammy, I know you're writing a book. What are you writing it about? I am writing a book. Uh, the title is going to be The Girl. And I'm basically writing it about my life. Like, um, I'll give you a little, a little insight. I won't go too much into it because, you know, I don't want to talk bad about anyone or anything yes, like no. that. It's, everything is going to be in the book. But basically, when I, when I was born, I was born in Newfoundland uh, to my mom and dad, obviously. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? And, right? And when I was five, I think I was five-ish when my mom and dad divorced. And no word of a lie, as a five-year-old, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what divorce meant. I didn't know yeah. it was forever. Um, so I remember I was picking strawberries by the church. Yes, by the cemetery. Those were the best strawberries. So juicy. But gee, I don't know why. Um, I mean, as, as an adult, I'm like, oh, fertilizer. Gotcha. I mean, by the time, how, how, how are they so juicy? Yeah, right. But as an adult, it was like, oh, cemetery hmm. fertilizer that's why they were so good oh yes i've just worked that out okay strawberries oh my gosh so anyway one day i was picking strawberries by the cemetery i was five i didn't know whatever it was a little small fishing community um yeah so uh, and i heard a car and i looked and it was my dad because we lived across a little dirt road um, mm -hmm. from the church and cemetery so and I that's probably why I, I'm so spiritual and I'm an empath and I can talk to spirits and stuff like it never ever bothered me um so anyway we lived across the road from the cemetery I heard a car I looked it was my dad coming home from work so I was all happy because well I was daddy's girl and mm -hmm. so I ran down the hill from the cemetery and across the little dirt road and up the little hill to our house and I got there just as dad did so I was showing him my strawberries and I was all excited like look what I got and he's 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 like oh yeah you know and he scoops me up in his arms and he's oh, like after, after we have supper we can put strawberries uh put sugar and milk on the berries after we clean them and that'll be our dessert and I was so excited because we put canned milk and strawberries on them and made a dessert right so he scoops me up in his arms, tells me that, and we go, we walk in to the little house, and my mom is sitting in a rocking in the rocking chair, biting her nails. And me and dad are all happy, and I couldn't wait to show mom my strawberries. And she looks at dad, all serious, and says, "I want a divorce." And I'm still excited and happy about the strawberries. And I'm like, a divorce? Is that a big house? Is it a new car? Like, what's a, what's a divorce? Like, you know, why is she so sad about it? Like, why is she so serious? But anyway, um, dad put me down. He told me to go clean the strawberries. And I guess they went in the room to talk. And I cleaned the strawberries and I had this really bad feeling in my stomach, like, well, something's not right. Like they're quiet and they're not, I don't know, like, you know, something's not right. So anyway, a little bit of time went by. I don't know how much I was five. I was playing with my bunny. I love bunnies and I had a pet bunny. Her name was Cuddles and she was just so loving. So me and her were playing and I was cuddling her and then dad called for me to come in the room and I went in and I had cuddles in my arms and I went in and both dad and mom were crying mom was sitting on the edge of the bed and dad was sitting up near the head 
and they were both crying and I felt such fear at that time like and I mm -hmm. didn't know how to explain what I felt in that moment but I knew something wasn't right and so my dad tried to explain what divorce meant that him and mom would be living apart and it was up to me to pick who I wanted to live with and he said he's going to live near my grandparents um his his parents we'd be going to live there which was across the island on the other side and I didn't know what to do and in my mind being five I had this really big decision to make and I'm cuddling my bunny so with my eyes I look between mom and dad but you know what I was doing I was doing me meeny miny mo. Oh, bless you. Who do I live with? Like, this is a big decision. Like, I can't just say, oh, mom or oh, dad, because I love them both equally. Right? And so yeah, and, and you also don't want to accept I did eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by the toe. That That's what I did. And it, yeah. ended, it ended on my dad, and that's who I lived with. Wow. Like, I made that life decision as a five-year-old with eeny, meeny, miny, mo in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then dad got full custody of me, and I barely saw my mom, so I don't know. I don't really know her. We're getting to know each other a little better recently. My dad passed away. It'll be 11 years in September. And since he passed away, we've, we've been tentatively trying to get to know each other so there's that so that's what my book is about that and then I had uh, my dad remarried I had a stepmom um she didn't care too too much for me but that'll be all in the book I don't want to get into that now yeah too, uh, emotional I understand and, uh, and then I had my first child at 17 and then my second one at 19, the same dad, and we got married when I was 20. He was a good man. He provided well and whatnot. I just, we, I don't think we were really in love. I think we just stayed with each other to do what was right for the kids. <clears throat> and so I stayed with him for 26 years. And uh, we weren't really happy. You know, we were just going through the motions and we were comfortable and we knew what to expect from each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was in a job for over 11 years that I didn't really care for because it was a nine to five and I had to, or actually it was eight to five and I had to sit at a desk and work, work, work. And I wasn't allowed to talk to my coworkers because it was wasting time. And I fucking love to talk for any of you who know me. I fucking love <laughs> to talk. So it, that was a little weird. Um, and I hated it, but I stayed in that job because I, it was stability. And that's what my husband wanted was me yeah. a stable job, help pay the bills, like, you know, and I hated it. So in 2016, I got let go of that job because I was sick all the time. And a lot of it was to do with my drinking. A lot of it was to do with stress because I hated the job. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I got let go. I got unemployment. So that was good. But when I got let go, I thought, oh, my God, this is the best thing that ever happened because now I can do acting. And that's what I did. And here I am. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you about your acting. So you started to become an actor in 2016, was it? Yes. 20, well, 2015, I was dabbling in it while I was still working. So, But I was calling in sick some days to be on set. <laughs> That's um, the way you do it. Yes. And, uh, but when I got let go, I pursued it more thoroughly. And I got an agent. I got a couple of agents, actually. And um, I've been in a few TV shows and a couple of movies. And um, nothing, like, I didn't have big roles in them or whatever. Um, I've played everything from a hooker to a doctor. So, you know, I work my way up, you see? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
who was your favourite character? Which I I don't um, know if you're going to talk about. I understand if you can't, but is there a favourite character you played? I really enjoyed playing the hooker. That was fun. Um, I loved playing in a teacher, a nurse, a doctor. You know what? It's so hard to pick a favorite character. And I have a film coming up that I'm going to be in that's going to be, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I, I can't say too much about it. Yeah, I, I, will be, I will be the lead female character. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, and we're going to be filming that in September. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be my favorite role. Um, I've done some commercials. Um, just a lot of little things, really. Like, I haven't had a big, big role or anything yet. Yeah. Um, I've had some short speaking parts and whatnot. But um, this one coming up is going to be one of the biggest things I've done, personally. And how do you actually get into the role? Do you find it... How do you get... I mean, as in the mindset like of the character, I mean. Oh, I love playing different people. I love it. And yeah. um, the one coming up, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be the lead female, but I'm going to be the wife and mother. So I think my life experiences has prepared me for that one. Um, playing a hooker, I just got to play my flirty self, you know, <laughs> with yeah. a little bit of attitude. Um, a nurse, I always wanted to be a nurse uh, when I was younger. Well, a nurse and an actor what I want it to be so I watch a lot of um tv shows like Grey's Anatomy and stuff to learn for those like nurse doctor things like that um yeah basically I just watch tv shows with certain characters when I need to be a certain character yeah and get into the role that way yeah because I've heard about actors how they research into people especially if it's a person from the past, you know, if you're, you're you're playing someone from the past about researching into what they were like. Yes, exactly. And you walk around your room and practice talking how they do and moving how they do and things like that. And um, have you always been Canadian in every film or do you have to change your accent? No, I haven't had to do an accent yet. Um, and I'm not really good with accents. So I would really have to, I would really have to do a lot of research and a lot of listening and mimicking um, accents in order to do that. But I haven't had to do one yet uh, with an accent. So it's funny. I'm from Newfoundland, and I had an audition about two years ago. The character was a Newfie girl, a Newfie woman, married, alcoholic, you know, whatever. So I put on my Newfie accent and did the audition, and I didn't get it because they said my accent wasn't Newfie enough. I'm like, how? Can I? What? <laughs> so yeah, it was um, and I was like the perfect person for this. Podcast. I understand what you mean, and but surely you can adapt your accent over time, anyways. Yeah, you do. Um, but I mean, I can revert back to it when I talk to people from home, right? But yeah, they're like the accent wasn't newfie enough, and I'm like, so then I was thinking, well, maybe they wanted the over the top stereotypical sounding newfie. So yeah, so I'm guessing that's what they wanted. But oh well, learning experience, right? Next time, just be over the top and go all out with it. <laughs> but it's always a way. If you were over the top, they possibly wouldn't want that either. It's I think sometimes they just want someone yeah. specific, don't they? Yeah, I imagine that happens too. Exactly, and I prefer to go do um, in-person auditions because then they can, then you can ask them. Well, okay, so what what are you looking for specifically in this character, right? And then go from there. But you're, you you got to be yourself. You can't overact either, right? Like, you know, they see that they want they want real as well. But oh, so go ahead. So they do like people to at least have experience, perhaps in that particular field. So, like you were saying, someone who was an alcoholic, but yeah. you've been alcoholic, you know how to act like that because you've been that. As yeah, opposed I don't to, even, I don't even, been, go ahead. Sorry. So I was going to say, as opposed to someone that's never had a, an alcohol problem, 
trying it's to act like an alcoholic. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's harder. But I mean, me, I, I, I don't need, I don't even need to do method acting there because I know exactly what it, <laughs> what it takes. <laughs> I could totally. So how, how did you get into? I know you said you got into it in 2015, but what was it that? I've always wanted to be an actor. Um, yeah. When I was little, like I said, I grew up in Newfoundland and little fishing communities. And they would always put on uh, seasonal plays and skits and concerts and stuff like that. And my dad said when I was able to walk, I would waddle up to the stage, climb on it, stand in the middle of whatever they were doing, and sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So I've always uh, had the acting bug. <laughs> oh, but did also, you did you have to go to school or anything for it? No, I didn't. Um, but all through school, like regular school, I would get the lead in all the plays. Even mm -hmm. there was one in high school. I was the lead in the play, and I had to play a man, a fisherman. Oh, wow. hmm. That one was fun. I love that one. So, so yeah, I think ever since I've been born, I've been wanting to be front row and center or stage. And... Camera here, please. <laughs> and how did you how did you get into modeling? I know you said you're a model. Um, I um, the modeling came after with the acting. I never wanted to be a model model. I always mm -hmm. wanted to be like on TV and in movies and stuff like that or in plays. But the modeling part um, with the agency that I was with first, they um, they also did modeling and they would send me out for still shoots from my pictures, like my headshot. People would want me to model for them or like either their web uh, advertisement or their, uh, um, shoot, what's it called? Their, like there was one, in, for example, the first one I did was for Mervish, uh, Mervish Theatres here in, down in Toronto. They're, they're huge. They do a lot of uh, musicals and stuff like that. So they wanted yeah. to do a still, a still print for their website. So I was dressed up nice and I had a fake glass of wine and I was standing there with girls. And my part of the, that advertisement was called Girls Night Out. All right. So that's how I got into modeling. <laughs> so I just do things like that. Like I haven't done magazines or anything. And I do, um, like I'm not tall and thin. You know me, I'm short uh, <laughs> <Jordan> and curvy. <laughs> I know when I was um, like 18 or something, I wanted to go into modeling. And at the time they said I was too short. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's why I realize the industry's probably not changed that much. But I think nowadays they do like, you know, it's not the straight, it's not the tall, yeah, it's they do a, like allow others, but I still think, you know, <laughs> there are ways it could be improved, isn't it? Exactly. I think now, though, they do everyday people. Yes. Right? Because um, I think the, the model, like, no offense to anyone listening who's a model, I think you're beautiful, don't get me wrong, but I think think it was putting out um, a bad mindset for young girls because they yeah. thought that's what they had to aspire to be. But now they're using uh, everyday body images in magazines and on TV and, you know, everyday people are getting cast as the stars. So I think it's come a long way since the 80s when I was ogling over uh, magazines and wishing I looked like those girls, but knew I would never be tall enough. <laughs> Aww. So, but yeah, it's come a long way since then. So I do model for, um, like, I, I'm uh, big on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. And um, companies will send me clothes, jewelry, whatever, to model for them. And they call me their brand ambassador. So, wow. yeah, so, so I, uh, I advertise for them on Facebook and Instagram when I post a picture of me wearing their stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I do that as well. I do a little bit of everything, lady. 
So tell me about a time when you achieved a dream that you thought was impossible. Huh. So far, I really haven't. Uh, but I'm working towards. That's okay. That's yeah. I, I think the first time that I thought I achieved a dream was when I played a hooker in a movie. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have, like, it wasn't a speaking role. And then when we watched, when um, we watched the movie, I didn't get to see it. I was in rehab for the first time when it uh, came out. So my then boyfriend and my son and my best friend went to it on my behalf. And they said they saw me in the background, but it was so blurred. They couldn't really tell it was me. They just knew it was me from the pictures I had posted. Yeah. So, like I said, that to me, getting that role was a dream. And I thought, oh, my God, you're going to stand in it. Huge, right? Yeah. And we didn't. So it was like, okay, was that really a dream, though? <laughs> I, I still think more. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But now I have other dreams and ambitions. Like I do dream, I still dream of getting that main, that big role in a mm-hmm. TV show or a movie. And I, my new goal is to be the best coach, like to just help people achieve their higher level, like where they want to be. Like to me, that's, that's my new dream, I think. I understand. Yeah. So I think I think sometimes our dreams change all the time. Yeah, I agree with that. And sometimes, you know, we look back at the things we used to dream about and we're like, cringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so true. I won't even get into what mine were. Never mind. <laughs> oh. What is it they say? Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. <laughs> I know, and it's when, yeah, it's when, when, or you know, you, or for instance, you really want to date somebody, and then you meet them, or something yeah. happens. You're like, okay, at least you know then, isn't it? Once something like that happens, you know it's not something you want, so that's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I find too, like, your intuition tells you a lot. Right? Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, like you think you want something and you're like, yeah, I, yes, yes, you know, they called me and I got to go in and then you get there, but your stomach is like, oh, this isn't right. You know, like I get that a lot. I, I think it's in an empath and everything. Like I pick mm-hmm. up on things quicker than, uh, than most people. And uh, yeah, there's lots of times when I think I want something and then I get to that thing and it's like, the fuck were you thinking, woman? Jesus. And I, think it's really I think it's a really brave thing, though, to change your mind on a dream. Because, you know, yeah. we be wishing for, you know, having a dream, having a goal that we've wanted for so long. And when it's happened, you think, actually, it's not for me. I think it's a brave thing to make that decision. Yeah, and I think because of all the years I spent drinking, I wasn't thinking straight. And yes. I, yes, I've always wanted to be an actor. Yes, one hundred percent. That is, that is always was my main dream. Always, but after getting sober last year, um, coaching, like, is is my my next number one and acting kind of fell a couple of spots behind it you know I, I i i think i can help people so much like i have so much experience in so many areas and life experience mm-hmm. you can't learn better than that <laughs> like the things i know and things i've learned through being who i was and who i am no no class could ever do you know, and I have so, many, so much to offer people in the way of helping them get through, um, like, negative thoughts and negative thinking and helping them learn to love themselves because that's what I've been doing this last year, learning to love me again because I didn't love me. And a lot of it had to do with how people treated me or how people talked to me. I thought I wasn't 
worthy and I wasn't good enough or pretty enough or, you know, you know, all those negative things yeah. in your mind, right? When somebody is, when somebody is reiterating those negative thoughts out loud to you, then you start believing it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So this past year I've been single and living like on my own living my own life and I've been learning how to talk better to myself you know and I'm so much more positive and so much more happy and you know I'm just it, it's incredible the things that change in your life when you change how you talk to yourself definitely I agree with that yeah and um my friend's little girl Kimber she's She's another reason I stay sober because I love hanging out with her and doing things with her. We have sleepovers where we go to Planet Quag, which we made oh. up. Yeah, we built a spaceship out of cardboard box. And, you know, when we have sleepovers, we go to Quag and we watch Disney movies and have snacks. So that's fun. And her and I do a little cooking show on YouTube. And it's on my YouTube channel. Here's a self plug. Dun, dun, dun. Um, if you give me the link then um after this conversation i can put it in the description okay so the link will be in the description you guys but my youtube channel is um on there we do little kids cooking show um we don't really cook a whole lot um but we do little uh meal plans for kids and every video is under five minutes. I also do some motivation videos on there. Um, I Yesterday I, I uploaded um, a little meditation slash exercise video um, dealing with breathing and stretching, like or tensing your muscles. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great technique if, if you work in an office or even if you're at home throughout the day, just do it. It takes less than five minutes. And it's a great form of self-care. So on my YouTube channel, there will be uh, various different videos. Um, most of them will be me doing things with Kimber. Um, and other than that, it'll be little tips and tricks to get through uh, your day. So yeah. Oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah, and uh, I have a group on Facebook called Confident Perspective. Um, I can uh, definitely give you the link for that as well. And then you can put both links. And if anyone wants to follow me or join me, hey, that's what I'm here for. Um, that was me uh, self-plugging myself there. Hey, that's fine. And not in a dirty way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good podcast, eh? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Oh, baby. <laughs> So tell me, if you tell me a piece of advice you'd like to give our listeners. Oh, geez. Okay, well, if you're an alcoholic or a drinker and you want to stop drinking, I'm not going to tell you, well, just fucking stop, because that don't work. Yeah. I am going to tell you to please check out some AA meetings, get yourself some help, because it will kill you. I, I've almost died a couple of times now, and it's not fun. And I know, I know what you're going through. I know your thought process, and it's it, it is not an easy thing. And you hate yourself every day because you don't want to drink, but at the same time you drink because that's all that's going to make you feel better. Um, get yourself a life coach or a confidence coach variety coach um i am available but it doesn't have to be me just get yourself some help and start talking better to yourself start saying the things to yourself that you would say to somebody else and you're complimenting them or like like if you get a negative thought in your head like oh my god i look so shitty today would you say that to your friend hey linda you look like fucking shit no you wouldn't so, just well, you wouldn't talking. say it twice, would you? <laughs> no, exactly. So, start talking better to yourself. Start talking to yourself the way you would probably talk to 
I know this is Sarah's favorite, Kate Winslet. What would you say to her if you met, met her on the street? Oh my God, you're amazing. You're beautiful. I love you. Like, start talking to yourself like that. <laughs> What's that? I said I'd be saying, come to my room. Oh, I know you would. <laughs> you can say that too. And you can say that to yourself. And I know a website where you can get some toys. Oh. <laughs> but I'm something. <laughs> Too funny, too funny. Oh, and also, guys, drink tea, purple tea. Oh, you know, it, it's amazing. It, it's uplifting and relaxing and just amazing. And get to know yourself. Don't be afraid to spend time with yourself. That would be another piece of advice because I was terrified to be on my own. Like when I, when my boyfriend and I last year broke up, it was the first time that I've lived on my own ever in my life and I'm 47 and a half we'll add that in but I'm so enjoying it now like I love being alone I love getting to know me and by getting to know myself I'm bettering myself because I keep thinking when I wake up in the morning okay who can I make laugh today how can I make people smile how can I make somebody's day better and by doing that and having those positive thoughts first thing in the morning Oh my gosh, it has made me a much more positive person. Like, I say hi to people on the street now. Good morning. How are you? And they, it makes them smile, you know? And it's, and then I get people talking to me now all of a sudden. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Just wake up every morning with the intention of doing something good that day, with the intention of being a better you, a better version of you. And uh, it's what I'm doing. And I love writing in the journal. I do it when I'm waiting for the bus or on the bus or when I'm home and a thought hits me. And uh, writing is, is, is so therapeutic, you know? Same with meditation. If you don't know how to do how to meditate, you can um, Google it. There's so many guided meditations on, um, on YouTube and Google. Um, and that's mostly how I've been learning. So, you know, it's all good. And try to get some fresh air and nature. That would be my advice for everyone every day. And I know every day you're not going to be like, hey, look, there's rainbow shooting at my arse. No, that's not going to be every day. You're going to have a bad day here and there. You're going to have, your day is going to be a shit, so, shit show sometimes. But more you wake up positive and think positive in the morning, the more better days you're going to have. Well, that's beautiful, Tammy. Thank you very much for that advice. Well, you're very welcome. As, as we're drawing to the end, is there anything you would like to ask me? Um, yes. As um, I run across the room. What's that? I said as I run across the room. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Um, so I know you love doing the podcasts. Yes. Um, what what was the thing that made you want to get into this? Well, um, I want I want to inspire people to to live their dreams and to go forward through their di through any difficulties they feel they're going through. And also, I love talking to people. I love finding out what people's stories are. So that's why I thought it would be nice to invite people on to share their stories. Very good. And I know you do tarot cards as well. Um, and are you empath as well? Like, can you read people just by their yeah. energies, their auras and such? I'm an empath as well. And I think something I, I've noticed I can do as well is transmute people's energy. How so do you mean? Negative. What's well, that? Have you heard of... I didn't notice, but I think it's possible. I, I'm a bit of a, what they call a transmuter as well, where you, um, you know, if someone's feeling negative and down, I can help them feel better by yeah. transmuting energy. See, I do that too. I didn't know there was a word for it. Yeah, I didn't know until I looked into it. And see, I, I think... That's why you and I clicked 
so easily. Like, we've only known each other, what, two months? Probably less than that, because I think it was, what, it was the beginning of the last month that Tony three-day event. Oh, that's right, because it was just after that that I started my binge drinking again for eight days. Yeah. yeah, and this Sunday will be a month since I stopped, and I was eight days, and that was a Wednesday. So, so yeah, like five weeks, six weeks maybe. But yeah, we really clicked, you guys, and she's amazing, and I love talking to her. And I know when she goes through something, since then she can message me and talk to me. And I'd like to think that we'll put each other in a better mood. And I, I know I do. I know when I talk to you, I, I, I laugh. A lot. <laughs> I fucking swear a lot too. She brings out the worst in you guys. You make me fucking swear. Fucker. <laughs> yeah, fucker. fucker. Yeah, bloody wanker. Wait, can I say that? That's not insulting, right? What did you say? I said, you bloody wanker. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I know. So I just wanted to know a little bit more about your tarot and your um, your psychic abilities and why you got into doing podcasts. Yeah, they were lovely questions. I find for me, I prefer doing angel cards as opposed to tarot. Not that I'm against tarot. It's just a bit of a... I'm not used to it yet, so I've not really gone in. Okay. I've been doing tarot card readings for about eight years now that I really opened up and started... Like, and I think when I was drinking too, I was hiding my gifts because I was afraid of them. I think I thought I'd be judged and ridiculed and, oh my God, that you're just, that's just, you know, there's no way that you know these things, whatever. Um, but when I'm, when I'm sober and I think better, oh my gosh, like my abilities and my gifts are just amazing. So I've started to embrace those this past year as well so yeah. i've been doing uh i i do online tarot card readings and stuff as well so you know i'm a little bit of this and a little bit of that i wear many many hats that's for sure <laughs> i'm a bit like that it's like i want to do i want to do all the things <laughs> all the things yes i want to do all the things all the things you guys all of them i know <laughs> What did, how did you get into tarot? What was it that brought you into it? Um, I have a, an amazing friend who lives in Louisiana, and she's a psychic and empath, and she gets in your mind like you wouldn't believe and tells you things you're thinking that you haven't even said out loud. Um, but she told me, she goes, you need to start embracing your gifts and start doing tarot readings and stuff because you're going to be amazing with it. It's what you're meant to do. And yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. But I, in the back of my mind for years and years, I was thinking that because from the time I can remember, I, I knew I could talk to spirits and stuff and I could predict things and then those things would happen. And like, and I wouldn't even had said them out loud. You know what I mean? Um, same with a lot of my family members who have gotten sick. I could predict the exact moment when they're going to pass away. And I've been correct, sadly, all oh, the God. time with them. Yeah. So uh, it's bad when when a family member now is in palliative care or dying. My family reaches out to me to find out when they're going to pass so that they can be with them. So that's one one gift that I don't really like. <laughs> but, I suppose uh, you give yourself too the fact that they know when. Yeah. But at the same time, it gives the people a chance to be with them. Exactly. You know, whereas if you know when they could. Yeah. You know. Like, I can't, I can't predict it. Like, if somebody's going to have a car accident and die, I've only been able to give the exact date and time when it's a family member that's um, terminally ill. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make that clear. Um, I can, um, I've been a medium as well where uh, people come to me when I'm talking to somebody. One of their deceased loved ones will come to me and have me talk to them for them. But I, I, I can't summon a spirit for somebody. I don't know what to call that. Like, you know, but uh, 
I can do that as well, but it, the person, the, the, the deceased person has to come to me. I can't summon, summon them up, if that makes sense. I know what you mean. You can't just say, Oi, Bob, come here, I want you. Yeah. Hey, Bob! Bob! Come here! <laughs> wants to talk to you! Get the fuck over here! Bob! Get the fuck out of here! Start here. I don't want to speak to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I left that bee behind for a reason. Fuck her. I'm not coming back. <laughs> oh, poor Linda. Whatever <laughs> happened to you? You know, someone's come to you. You know, you know, someone in the physical has come to you and asked for somebody, and then the other person on the other end's not wanting to come through. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I, I probably start dabbling in that but I don't want to yes. I really don't want to be that person like I, I don't aspire to be that person um, when people die I believe if there's unfinished business they're going to come through you somehow but not the other way around they're not going to come just because oh I just want to tell them I love them one more time you know what tell them you love them before you go to sleep tell them you love them when you miss them during the day. Tell them you love them without going to somebody and saying, oh, can you bring them here so I can tell them myself. No, tell them. They're always with you. So how do you, how do you see spirit? Do you see it? Do you feel it? What, what, how, how does it work for you? Jeez, there's been a couple of different ways. One time was so incredibly freaky that I absolutely loved it. I was doing a reading for a lady online mm -hmm. and I felt a presence and I had a pain in the back of my left leg in my calf and I leaned over to rub it and I was doing the video carol reading for her and I leaned over to rub it and I said I'm so sorry I you know what I'll be right back I've got a charley horse or something she goes what do you mean and I said well my my left calf I've got a charley horse she goes oh my god my husband died with a blood clot left calf and he had pain there but by the time we got to the hospital it was too late and I'm like okay and I had already been feeling a presence a man presence a male presence and all of a sudden it's like the male presence entered me through my back and started typing to this lady and he told her all about where to find the paperwork she needed to help this lawyer that she had now because he was gouging her for money and to put the house up for sale and make it somewhere smaller. And he told her about a bank account that they had had that, you know, he was saving money and blah, blah, blah. Three days later, she came back and she had found everything that he had told her. It was the freakiest experience. And once he told her everything, she wanted to ask him some stuff, but then he left. <laughs> he was just there long enough to tell her what she needed to hear. Yes. And it was so freaky because of what my hands were typing, but it wasn't me doing the typing. I had no idea what was going to be on that screen for her. So it was, uh, that was quite an experience. Another time I had one and I could picture what she looked like. She was standing beside me with her hand on my shoulder. Even though I couldn't physically see her in my mind, I knew exactly what she looked like and I could feel her hand on my shoulder. And she was rubbing across necklace. And so I asked the lady I was talking to, I'm like, you know, and I described the girl beside me, and I said, she's got a cross necklace, and she was playing with the cross, and she said, oh my god, that's my daughter, my daughter passed away six months ago, and she said it was in a car accident, and I was really upset, and I, like, you know, I didn't want her to go, but I, I felt her peace, I felt that the spirit was so at peace. That that's what she wanted me to get through to this woman because mm -hmm. the woman was so worried that she was, wasn't at peace, she, you know, she went too young, whatever. And yeah, it calmed her down, it calmed her down, you know. And after that, she had a different, she wasn't as frazzled by it, you know what I mean? Like, she felt at peace herself over it, she did, yeah. So, I mean, those are two. My most memorable experience.
Um, and, but I've had lots. So yeah, I do that too. And it, they don't scare me. Spirits don't scare me. You know, oh, they're, they're, they're around for a reason. They, they come to me for a reason. They don't come to me to hurt me or scare me or spook me. Because something that someone needs to know. Oh, thank you so much, Tammy, for coming on. I've really enjoyed listening to your story. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, look, it's eleven eleven. Time to make a wish. Well, that's 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 that's. Well, it's it's four eleven here, but yeah, I love angel numbers. Me too. I just noticed it. But yeah, it was such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Once uh, my book is done, you'll definitely have me on again, right? So I can promote it. I would love that. Sounds good, my darling. Thank you so, thank you so much for telling me a little bit about you. I enjoyed that as well. Aww. Yeah, now go and have a great fucking day, okay? Yeah, you have a great fucking day too. I fucking will. Love you, lady. Tammy, bye. Bye for now. Bye. This was a really interesting episode with Tammy. I learned a lot about how at times you have to hit rock bottom to be able to start getting back up. But I feel so proud of Tammy because she's definitely getting back up and she's showing the world exactly who the fuck she is, which I think is radical as fuck. Thank you very much for listening and I will be with you again with another episode soon.